0: Welcome to another episode of Sci-Fi Nomads. Sci-Fi I Nomads! Dustin, and joining me as always is Lauren. Yay, Lauren! So, I do want to apologize for not getting an episode out in August. Uh, we had it all planned out to record on a weekend, and then uh, the day before we were going to record, I found out that my father died. So, we made a trip down to L.A. instead of recording the episode. And-
1: I got to hang out in Little Tokyo. It was awesome. In Santa Monica Pier.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was... It was but uh, yeah, it was it, rough. Yeah, so anyway, we uh, we will be getting to Terminator Hill here pretty soon, um, but this month is the 50th anniversary of Star Trek.
1: Remember that time when we said that we weren't going to do an episode about Star Trek because it would just be too big? Well, yeah, we're going to do it anyway.
0: <laughs> but we're going to do it small because this it is- had a pilot. Actually, it had two pilots, and a first episode that was aired. And so the start of Star Trek is actually a really fascinating thing.
1: Yeah. um, Well, it all starts so long ago with Gene Roddenberry.
0: Yes, yes, sweet Gene Roddenberry.
1: He had a vision for what the future would be like. And um, for the most part, most of us kind of agree that it's a pretty awesome future. But uh, it started out with, uh, he had this idea for a great, great show, went to NBC, gave him a pilot, and NBC's like, nah, it sucks.
0: (laughs) Oh, actually, so he, he had to record the pilot before he could take it to anybody, and he took it to CBS first, and CBS just flat out rejected it.
1: Oh, CBS kicking yourself now. Yeah. 50 years later.
0: Then NBC rejected it.
1: Yeah And then Of all people Lucille Ball Of I Love Lucy fame Went back to NBC And said no Seriously You need to give this guy Another chance Yes How about a second pilot So History was made Yeah And so the first pilot Wasn't
0: actually aired For the first time Until the 1980s In its entirety They did cut it up And use parts of it For the Menagerie episode
1: Which is amazing and has a great um, Hallmark uh, ornament from a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Hallmark does a Star Trek of the original series, Ornaments series, and I would love to start getting into that. And then on September
0: 8th of uh, 1966, they aired the first episode. Turned out it wasn't the pilot.
1: No. So, okay. It so- was the Man Trap. <laughs> the Man Trap, which is totally not related to the other two the 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 first pilot and the subsequent second pilot it was actually the third or fourth
0: it would have been the third episode that they produced third
1: episode that they produced that they, that was the first one aired so yeah. that's kind of the one that we're going to be celebrating but because we put in a lot of work with the other two pilots we're just going to make this the pilot episode
0: yeah so like it was what a week ago or so we watched the original pilot the and cage then- the cage, yes. And then uh, tonight, right before recording, we watched the first episode that actually aired, "The Man Trap," and the so good second pilot, where no man has gone before. So much better. I love that episode. It's a really good one with it's Gary really Mitchell, and we have a friend and neighbor named Gary Mitchell. So, I,
1: and I, at San Diego Comic Con 2010, I actually met the actor who played him. Yeah. And I I shook his hand and told him what an inspiration he was, because he was part of that first episode. Of course, I didn't realize that it was so complicated. (laughs) So, okay, so what have we seen so far? Uh, Well, we have... We've condensed 50 years of Star Trek into uh, a couple years of relationship. Personally, I've watched all of it,
0: but when we we started dating, I, I found out that Lauren hadn't seen any Borg episodes. So... I started working her through the Borg ones, and then I was like, no, let's just work through all of Star Trek, and we've done it by Stardate. So we did Enterprise, then the original series, then the animated series, and then the six movies. movies, and then the next generation. And the last two seasons, we had to also do Deep Space Nine, going back and forth and then Next Generation ended, we were still doing Deep Space Nine, had to pause to do movies, and we've made it through uh, through to Insurrection, and uh, we are now on the last season of Voyager.
1: So, oh, is it the last season already? Uh-huh. So the last season of Voyager, then Star Trek Nemesis, and then we're at the reboots.
0: Right, which I've seen all of them except for the one that just came out. Which. Star Trek Beyond.
1: We need to totally go watch. Yeah, we
0: we should go to the, the cheap seat theaters for that.
1: Yeah, we're cheap. Um, Into Darkness was awesome. It had Benedict Cumberbatch in it.
0: But we will be uh, starting up a Patreon here after we've actually managed to pull off getting episodes on time. Uh, yeah. We will eventually start one, so if you want to help us be able to go to... to theaters, uh, and actually see sci-fis when they come out and go to conventions. Screw that.
1: And- I want to go to conventions. Did you know that the very first Star Trek convention was in New York on 1972? Wow. It only took three years for the series to, uh, no. Three? Three years after the original series ended. Hmm. And before um, the animated series came out, they had the first convention. Nice. So, yeah. it's It ended kind of, I think, prematurely. I think people... Yeah. People loved it and wanted more of it. Three years was not enough.
0: One thing that that I came across in some of the the research I was doing tonight is the uh, marketing leads for NBC, after it was canceled, went to the executives and told them they were crazy and and full (laughs) of it. Because it, it was... Their most popular show with several demographics.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's like this has been done before or, you know, in this case, would be done after. Yeah. Which we will also be covering Firefly and Serenity. (laughs) Um.
0: (laughs) And and, and even uh, The Next Generation. Yes. Uh, Although when they they cut The Next Generation, it was at its peak of popularity.
1: You know what? It had a good death. And they cut it so they could
0: make more money by switching over to movies. And they already had another series going as well, so it seemed like it was a good thing to do. Except they didn't do a very good job with those movies.
1: No, the movies were terrible. Um no, I really but, liked First Contact. Well, okay. But uh, the Next Generation, because it did end at the peak of its popularity, didn't have that terrible letdown feeling that Deep Space Nine left you with. Because uh, the ending of Deep Space Nine, man, that's 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 one for the books. They won the war. He became a religious idol.
0: Yeah, yeah that part of, of the, the last bit of Deep Space Nine was was bad.
1: So okay, of the of the um, original the uh, original series TOS movies, which one was your favorite? Mm, uh, Motion picture, Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, Voyage Home final frontier undiscovered country
0: i'm gonna have to go with a tie between wrath of Khan and voyage home
1: yeah okay so i think voyage home has the most reruns because i remember seeing this movie so many times on tv um oh my god it's amazing but wrath of Khan, oh my god yeah did you know robot chicken did a skit with Wrath of Khan, oh my god, it was genius. It was done in Italian as an opera. <laughs> and so when wow. Captain Kirk starts yelling out Khan, he is singing it. He's belting his Khan! <laughs> and it needs to be seen by everybody. Look up uh, Robot Chicken Star Trek Wrath of Khan. It is amazing.
0: So let's get back to the, the whole thing with the, the Star Trek universe. The fact that you know Gene Roddenberry's vision was equality of all people,
1: Despite race, despite gender, despite, uh-huh. uh, well, there was no poverty, because it was basically communist. Yeah, you get
0: rid of, not, not communist, uh, post-capitalistic society.
1: Okay, post-capitalistic. Because
0: when you when you look at the difference between those, communism is the state controls all the resources. What you have with Star Trek is, they're kind of starting to get there in the original series, definitely are fully there by the next generation- is there is no scarcity, right? But- so, what what's the <laughs> point? You don't have to struggle to make money if there is no scarcity.
1: Yeah, because we know all about that. Uh, pretty tired of it.
0: But the the equality part. What what's one thing is kind of interesting is the original the cage pilot. the The cage had a woman as the first officer, Majel! and she was.
1: Number one
0: Number one She was strong She was resilient uh, She was a bit cold Which they did have fun Making fun of that During the episode Which I thought was awesome
1: Oh yeah They called her um What cold and calculated Uh huh Something like that And Yet everyone on the
0: cast Was white Yeah. In yes. the first episode
1: So the first episode They did great strides With um Gender where they had uh, next, somebody who was basically in command the entire episode was a mm-hmm. woman, uh, even though they do give her a little bit of crap about it. And um, but and then well, they show the yeoman and some of the other women running stuff, and it's like okay, so these guys are able to function next to each other just fine. Yeah, it's great. Okay, um, so then that we, was the cage.
0: So then. Let's, let's, rather than going with, with order that they were aired, let's go to where no man has gone before. Yes. So, second pilot, they're wearing the same uniforms. There are two members of the crew from the first pilot that are still there. The doctor and Spock.
1: Yes. Um.
0: The doctor not being Dr. McCoy.
1: Right. He was Dr. something. I don't remember. Yeah. It was unforgettable.
0: He was the one who had Captain Pine... Actually he showed up in Captain Pine's quarters Pike Captain Pike's quarters sorry And uh, Chris Pine is the new, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no,
1: uh, we're Captain talking Pike's about quarters Hunter.
0: And uh Made him a, a martini
1: Yeah as any good doctor should Yeah so The
0: uh, second one, second pilot you have Several black people on the crew You've got a Scottish man as the chief engineer You've got You know a black Scott. woman
1: as communications officer. Uh,
0: did she actually show up in that one? Oh, wait. I don't think she was there yet.
1: Nope, that was the man trap.
0: Yeah. the
1: uh, See, this is confusing, people. They
0: had Lieutenant Sulu, so an Asian-American on Asian American. as a department head. And...
1: Women did get a downgrade. There wasn't definitely. any female officers. They were yeomen and uh um, There were officers, background.
0: but not all that high. Well, it, there was uh, the the visiting doctor, psychiatrist.
1: She That's what she was, though. She was a visiting doctor, psychiatrist. She was not an officer. Yeah, she was. What was she?
0: Lieutenant? She would have been a lieutenant or lieutenant commander. Anyway. She had one bar. They show if you're an officer or the captain with their, their rank insignia.
1: Don't get him started on the uniforms.
0: <laughs> anyway, that, that they had... Yeah, women had a downgrade, but... Ethnic diversity increased
1: Major upgrade Then you have Which falls in line with Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future Uh Future, future Then you have the man trap Where
0: The opening scene Sulu's on the bridge As the Helmsman And Ohura is on the the bridge Yeah And so you've got an (laughs) Asian Man and a black woman on there
1: yeah, we can only wish for that kind of affirmative action here. <laughs> um, oh, the other interesting thing is um, from the the Cage pilot number one, who we've already discussed, was a female. Was actually Gene Roddenberry's wife. Really, Majel. Majel is Gene was Gene Roddenberry's wife and future voice for all the computers in Star <laughs> Trek. Nice. In fact, in the upcoming movie, no, upcoming TV series, they're stu- they're going to go back and reuse her voice. She's passed away, but they're going to u- she's still going to be the computer. So it's nice. like awesome. So she has actually been un- featured in more Star Trek episodes than any other actor or actress com- like combined.
0: Yeah, and she was only on screen for no. one filming of one episode. No, the, nope.
1: in the um, the original series, she was also the nurse, uh,
0: nurse, nurse Chapman. Chapel. Chapel. Oh, okay.
1: So she did show up later. Okay. But she was certainly. Most people don't remember her first. Her first real shining moment as number one. I'll always remember her for.
0: She also played, Loxana Troy.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Luxana yeah. Troy.
0: So she was back for she, Next Generation <clears throat> and Deep Space Nine.
1: Yeah, and she's the computer in Voyager and all of those others. So, she, yeah, she's just... If Gene Roddenberry wasn't already the epitome of the show, it would have been her. <laughs> she's amazing. Um, So the original pilot was considered too intelligent, too cerebral. They were trying to push... Um, a message to people that maybe weren't ready for it. Which, you know, it's, and it didn't come down to as hu- can humanity be caged? That wasn't what they were talking about. They're talking about... I think they're probably referring to the gender roles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, d-
0: 1964 was when that was filmed. 1965 was when they were trying to to push it and... Yeah, that was that was a bit early on on women's equality.
1: That and I don't think there was enough, you know, violence.
0: If it had been a woman on the bridge, I think they would have been able to handle it. Like O'Hara later on the bridge. Yeah. But a woman in command, uh, yeah, th- they weren't ready for
1: it. No, they weren't. Um They found it uninteresting, which is so funny because I think the story of um, the cage is far more interesting than where no man has gone before. Uh, I love the episode. Don't get me wrong. I love the whole absolute power corrupts absolutely theme. But um, I I enjoyed the cage plot better. (laughs) But I'm a more cerebral person, I guess. It's it's really
0: interesting to look at, like, compare the two with that in mind because the cage there's no physical strife it's all mental games
1: right it, and so there's no punch him up shoot out there's there, a little bit of that there
0: is attempts at it but it always <laughs> is shown to be uh, pointless useless that it's better to use your mind
1: yeah because well not too much, obviously, because that's what got the Telosians in, the, in trouble in the first place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, I thought that the cage did a really good job of, of providing balance, but it was rough compared to what later came.
1: Oh, well, it's almost unrecognizable yeah. as to what came later. By the time we get to the man trap, which was the first one aired, um... The original series is is set. You've got Captain Kirk, um, you've got the emotional Doctor McCoy, the logical Mister Spock, the flirtatious Uhura. I mean, it just everything yeah. is is set for the next and the Sulu, next three Scotty. years are are going to be are going to run that way. But um, where no man has gone before, and the cage, that's it's it's there. It's going to be amazing. And um, But it's amazing on its own. It's, it's I yeah. love it.
0: Yeah, and I think it's best to look at it as not part of the universe, but yeah. a mirror Prim- of the universe.
1: Mirror universe, yeah. It's a primordial.
0: Because you look at some of the terms they use, like time warp.
1: Oh, right. It
0: doesn't get called time warp anywhere else.
1: No, but that was a very specific term, and I'm sure it was chosen for a very specific reason, because time warp scientifically makes more sense than Uh. just warp.
0: Well, so my my idea on the the concept of warp travel throughout the, the main Star Trek universe is that you are warping space. Yes. And so you warp space, and then you return space to normal, and then you're in space normal. Which is a a term that they also, they use the term space normal in Where No Man Has Gone Before, whereas in The Cage, they use time normal and time warp. Actually, I think they use time warp and space normal, Uh, but it's, yeah, it's an interesting distinction.
1: Yeah. um, It's definitely, it's fun to think about how people are going to get into deep space and warping either time or space itself, which, you know, if you really think about it, are so closely connected that it makes sense that space warp and time warp would be very closely connected.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because... Well, it's, it's space time. It's the space time continuum. <laughs> um, oh, god. Yeah. And
0: it, then... And then, of course, there's the Q continuum.
1: Oh, and then there's Q. Well, we're not going to get into Q. <laughs> Q deserves an episode. Maybe that will be an extra. <laughs> well, so, I, I think for for
0: Star Trek is too big as a universe, but doing an episode on Q, an episode on the Borg.
1: Maybe, maybe. Those we'll, could work. Heck, we we'll, might as well just call ourselves the Star Trek nomads. Yeah, we're, we, we're, we're doing more, we really more sci-fi love, than just Star really Trek. We really do love Star Trek, though. <laughs> we love sci-fi yes so okay. although i would still have to get you to sit down and watch red dwarf
0: uh, <laughs> i've seen bits and pieces i am not impressed uh, i am sorry your
1: loss so besides movies what else has a, a convention a, a universally famous convention now um what else has star trek inspired well besides movies and television we've also got comics
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh novels
0: i i read one
1: yeah which one did you read uh the one i
0: read was written by william shatner
1: oh god that one
0: right after generations and it's him after generations leaving the nexus getting onto a borg ship and trying to describe 12 dimensional space
1: um i haven't read it but i have had friends who've read it (laughs) <laughs> and uh, wow! Apparently, it's quite quite the mouthful.
0: It's it's interesting. I I, I enjoyed it, but then again, I was you know what fourteen.
1: Yeah. Well, now there's a whole series of books, but the originals was like William Shatner. And I think Leonard Nimoy wrote one. Oh,
0: there there was already hundreds of books by then.
1: Well, yeah. Well, I know you're you're talking mid '90s, but I'm yeah. thinking like back in the '70s, there were some books written. Yeah. Um little basically fan fiction that ended up getting published
0: but i think really star trek's mark is it really defines sci-fi
1: yeah yeah not like the that that which shall not be named star also show (laughs) (laughs) which is all magic and woo and came a decade later yes
0: uh, for for a contemporary sci-fi 2001 a space odyssey oh yeah what we had for for sci-fi before that was a lot more near term it was where will yeah where will humanity go soon and then you have star trek where it's okay we're 350 years in the future
1: yeah, what does the world We've look like that?
0: Already solved all of the world's problems. So we don't need to worry about those. There's aliens. There are crazy diseases that get encountered. There's rapid space travel.
1: There's Mudswomen.
0: <laughs> there's uh computers that can do amazing, amazing things. There are there's robotics doing amazing things.
1: It's everything that sci fi should be. Yeah. Um, with the exception of maybe the telepathy.
0: The telepathy, the ESP.
1: We're talking about where no man has gone before. Yeah. With Gary Mitchell getting powers. It's a little wooey.
0: It is a little wooey, but it really, in a sci fi, that particular woo doesn't bother me.
1: Okay. That's fair enough. Because it is taking the idea of, um, the more we learn about brain waves and how you know the brain functions, it's almost like the, the more we learn, the more mysterious it becomes. And I also look at it as
0: the the whole concept of humanity changing to have additional powers or abilities in the future. That's that's plausible. Yeah, it's a gimme, but I think it's a, it's a, a permissible gimme.
1: Yeah
0: uh warp travel they haven't tried to explain yet that comes later it's a gimme but you can't do vast distances in space in 50 minutes oh, without gimmies
1: the transporter yeah is a total gimme yeah um it just cut down on any kind of uh, shuttle shots you don't have to show a ship shuttling from planet surface to ship all the time if you just transport
0: which all they would have had to do if they wanted... It, because, yeah, it was it was a, a, a cost saver. They wouldn't have had to show the shuttle actually going down to the planet. They could have just showed them getting out of a cardboard shuttle on the ground after yeah. it landed.
1: And they do do that in the show, but... Um, much later. Much later, and transport is so much cooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is seriously, that's like one of the things that we're still striving for. We have cell phones now. We have communicators. We have... But that transporter is what everybody wants.
0: Yeah, we almost even have tricorders at this point.
1: Yeah, there's a big contest going on right now trying to uh, develop one, I think. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So... Anybody who's a fan of the Twilight Zone and The Outer Limits might have noticed that the Cage aliens looked really familiar, and that's because, yes, they did steal them directly from the set. All three shows were filmed in Culver City, where my cousin lives. Yay! And they interchanged their alien costumes quite a bit on the shows. It makes sense. It's cost saver.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, aliens... The only problem is, is that our concept of aliens in this universe, in the Star Trek universe, are all pretty much the same. They're bipedal. They have, you know, arms and fingers. They're humanoid-like, very much so. There's only two or three aliens that I can think of at the top of my head that aren't like that.
0: Yeah, even the the reptilian ones are, are humanoid.
1: They're obviously a person in a costume.
0: Yeah, which makes sense except for the unicorn dog
1: the (laughs) which i love the unicorn dog it's the best dog costume i've ever seen um the flying throw up Mm -hmm. and the uh earth crawler those are the only ones i could think Uh, of
0: you, you, you get other ones uh for that's for the original series i think that is it uh for next generation uh there is a Species that they're encountering that has to be at like 600 degrees and is mostly non corporeal. They,
1: they get a little bit more unique. Um, Deep Space Nine, you've got the prophets, well, which are yeah, non
0: corporeal. But... Uh, back to the Next Generation, you've got the like oil slick monster guy.
1: Oh, who yeah. kills
0: Tasha Yar.
1: Oh, that sucked. Uh,. <laughs> Uh yeah, and was, uh, Star Trek also was um, the f- really the first show to introduce a voiceover. So Captain Kirk's traditional introduction, where um, Star Date, so and so, Captain's log, that um, that really s- was made started a whole new way of doing uh television episodes. Hmm. Very nice. Yeah, and of course now I think mostly it's just been spoofed. But there are still shows out there that do the voiceover thing. Um, Twilight Zone is the really famous one, but it's Star Trek that made it really popular. Oh, nice. Yeah. The more you know. So what are your top good things about the show?
0: The show or the pilots?
1: Oh, the pilots. We're talking about the pilots. Okay, so with the pilots,
0: the top good was the fact that they pushed both Gender and ethnic Boundaries
1: Yes, that is definitely a super Super Big time good (laughs) Because at that time, oh my gosh I mean, we think it's bad now No, it was so much worse in the 60s That's basically what I've learned From being a millennial on the internet (laughs) (laughs) That everything was worse In the 60s
0: Except the economy
1: Except for the economy But we're not going to get into that (laughs) strong podcast. Yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, let's see here. My good thing besides the gender and ethnic diversity. Oh wait, did I take yours? No. Well, I mean, yeah. We can sh- we can share. We can share the goods. Um I enjoyed just the pure campiness of it. The fact that there was a good versus evil. Um there's basic man versus outsider themes. Uh it's fantastic. That's that's the stuff that I really enjoy. I love camp. I like the original Batman and I like Star Trek the original series. It's just it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. How about uh The Bad? They are way
0: too quick to violence.
1: There is a joke that um Captain Kirk says, "We come in peace, shoot to kill." Uh-huh. That's part of a catchy little song. So like in, in the cage
0: his first reaction to getting captured is to fight and very quickly accidentally discovers he can't read it. Rage.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it's like, of course. So he, his most primal instinct is what saves him in the end. And that is,
0: it, it's like his only instinct.
1: Yeah. And it, it that's, that's very un-Star Trek like. Yeah
0: with you get it also with uh where no man has gone before you've got
1: right because captain kirk is just an extension of captain pike uh-huh in that case
0: and but it's it's spock who is the quick to violence there he is pushing kirk to kill mitchell
1: yeah but he's doing it from a different perspective it's not that primal You know, kill thing. It's, I can something is growing exponentially and we need to get this under control now.
0: It's a, it's a more cerebral, primal. Justification. It's.
1: It's justified.
0: We're going to, he even says, if we let this go on before we can get to an Earth base, since they don't call them Federation bases yet, uh, he would view them as being as insignificant as insects. That is primal fear
1: yeah yeah that's true and in the
0: man trap as soon as they find out it's a creature they want to kill it
1: yeah well as soon as the first person dies they revenge all the way it's okay we need to kill whatever is killing whatever killed us and then
0: Spock comes in and it's killing the captain kill it kill it yeah then he gets it away from the captain he's like kill it kill it even though it's
1: in the form of a beautiful lady at
0: that point she she it whatever
1: was just standing there yeah yeah the bad for me is actually the good (laughs) uh remember that campiness i was talking about well that was also the bad uh (laughs) the the two fist punching oh my god the worst fight style in the world um we have the introduction of the exploding consoles mm-hmm. which unfortunately is carried on throughout the entire series there is no reason with the technology that these people have that the consoles should be exploding on the bridge at every time there's a fly loose on the yeah. ship oh
0: you get hit by phasers oh a console is going to explode
1: Yep, exactly. Uh, is it seriously that poorly wired? No, everything is just the, br- the, the it's just the bridge, you know. It's the bridge takes the brunt of everything. Apparently, which is, horrible which is a horrible design. Horrible
0: design. Yeah, it, you'd think there'd at least be a surge protector somewhere in there.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, a little surge protector will take care of a lot of your problems there. Um, the Ugly, not going to worry about the Ugly. It's Star Trek. There is no Ugly. There is no Ugly. Oh,
0: yes, there is. The original series got canceled after only three seasons. Yeah. That is a travesty, a crime against humanity.
1: But it spawned so many good things. Mm-hmm. It's one of those shows that I'm afraid that if they had kept going, then it, it would have killed still, itself.
0: It would have still been glorious.
1: Okay. Well, yes, there was always going to be those. <laughs> the, the people would have remembered it as the first three seasons was a, were amazing. Uh, but you get to go move on to the animated series, which picks it up, and um, I can attest to as being very well written. Yeah, yeah. I did not watch it per se. I was busy drawing or doing something else the, when I watched it, so I was like half listening to it. And I was like wow this is really good Storytelling but if you watched it It was awful Oh my god the animation was terrible
0: And they they Made the uh, Like took any characters who Were not white and made Them into like animal form Aliens
1: just the cat people The creepy creepy Cat people Uh, Yeah
0: the bird people
1: but that's all you had until the motion picture in 1979.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And by then, these guys are all middle-aged, having to wear garter, you know... Girdles. Girdles. To keep in their f- their flub. Yes, I call it flub. <laughs> um, so it's kind of weird that we had this great thing in the uh, mid-60s, late 60s, and then we didn't get hardly anything else until the late 70s. That's a long time.
0: That is, yeah.
1: And the fact that it just keeps coming back in 1979, 1982, 84 and then we're going into, through the 90s, all the way through the 90s, the 2000s. Star Trek is not slowing down. And
0: we have a new series coming out yeah, in just a couple Star months. Yeah. Star Trek
1: Discovery is coming on is coming up in 2017.
0: January 2017?
1: Yeah, we're super stoked for that one. Um, They are bringing back uh, Majel as the voice of the computer, like I said. Yay! She's probably going to be one of the longest-running stars in motion picture and television history, if this (laughs) keeps up. In fact, I want my future computer house to have her voice. (laughs) Oh, my God. Dinner is ready for you, Lauren. Oh, thank you, computer.
0: (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) All right. Well, any last thoughts?
1: Sorry about the rambliness if we seem rambly, but it is one of our favorite things. It's like I said, our, our entire relationship is basically based on it, and I don't know what we're going to do if we run out of Star Trek. Star Trek will never die. Star Trek will never die. And um, yeah, it's my. it was my first sci-fi, and it's still one of my favorites. Yeah. I remember the first
0: uh, Star Trek episode I remember watching was the one with... Uh, it was next generation. Wesley was on the the away team, and they were on a planet surface. I think it's the one where he got in trouble for uh, <laughs> falling into someplace.
1: I was like five. Oh, okay. I was going to say, was it the "Shut Up, Wesley" one? Because no, that's amazing. No. no, okay. Shut up, Wesley. Yes, it was a great quote. <laughs> All right, I think that wraps it up.
0: All righty. Well, we will be back. I will not promise when the next episode will be, but it will be sometime.
1: All right. See you next time.
0: You can visit us on the web at sci Email us at contact at sci Tweet us at sci or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash sci-fi In each case, it's spelled S-C-I-F-I-N-O-M-A-D-S. No spaces and no hyphens. Theme music in this episode is Urban Jungle 2061 by Eric Matias, www.soundimage.org.